if you've been counting, hopefully you haven't, but if you've been counting, this is the fourth and final presentation in the School of Worship, and I, I'm assuming next Sunday I should give all of you who have been here through this very long series graduation certificates for having finished a school of prayer and all those other schools that we've participated in, in an attempt to try to rebuild. I assumed, to be very candid, I assumed that I would preach this series into about May, June, COVID would be gone, and we would be moving back into something that more resembled a normal schedule. And then Delta comes along, and we still have chaos. And so we're still struggling. And I don't completely understand all of that. I, I know that the sense of urgency that I had in January, that we had to get the most important things back into our lives first, hasn't lessened any. We still need to get the most important things in first, and we still need to renew our commitment to praying if God is gonna deliver us from the chaos that we are in now. And so I would encourage you not to let the lessons of this school slip away, but figure out ways to pray and to serve and to share and to worship uh, and figure out ways to apply that uh, so that your, the kingdom of God can come through us. But as pertains specifically to the school of worship, I would remind you that we were charged to praise the Lord, to fear the Lord, to seek the Lord, and today, tying it all up with this particular phrase, present yourself before the Lord. You know, there are times in life when you simply need to show up. I mean, showing up accomplishes several things. First of all, it demonstrates that you're interested, that you, that you want to support what's happening. Second, it serves as a, a witness to relationship and connection. It, 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 it puts you in the frame, it puts you in the picture with others who are doing similar things. And it also establishes identification. It lets others see who you are and what you are. Um, it even does more than that. I, I've heard many times the story of uh, Nancy's grandfather, Will Gardner, who as he got much older, when he hit close to his middle 90s, was pretty much deaf and could hardly see, but was still in church every Sunday. And one of the other members said to him, Will, why do you still come? You can't see anybody. You can't hear anything that's going on. Why do you still come? And being the Vermonter that he was, he said, well, I want everyone to know whose side I'm on. Well, there's something about showing up that's right about that, isn't there? That's something that gets accomplished. Showing up means something. In fact, it's more than just wanting to be identified with the church. Um, this idea of presenting yourself before the Lord has its roots deep in Israel's history. If you look back to Exodus 23, starting in verse 13, uh, God through Moses is rolling out the laws, the commandments, and he says some things in interpretation. This is 23.13 of Exodus. Be careful to do everything I have said to you. Do not invoke the names of other gods. Do not let them be heard on your lips. Three times a year, you are to celebrate a festival to me. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days, eat bread made without yeast, as I commanded you. 
Do this at the appointed time in the month of Aviv, for in the, that month you came out of Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Verse 16, celebrate the festival of harvest with the first fruits of the crops you sow in your field. Celebrate the festival of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in your crops from the field. Three times a year, all the men are to appear before the sovereign Lord. This is reiterated, affirmed in Deuteronomy 16, 16. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose. You just had to show up. You had to identify as a member of the covenant people of God, and you had to bring an offering to demonstrate that you were invested in this covenant community and that you were living in the fear of the Lord and respecting his governance. You couldn't phone it in. You couldn't send your son in your place. Your cousin, your cousin couldn't handle your obligation for you. You had to present yourself before the Lord. You were accountable before the Lord to appear, to be present. We don't much like accountability today. We sometimes shirk responsibilities. We would often rather run away than face the consequences of our actions or inactions or anything else. There's a new phrase about some of this. They talk about ghosting, not showing up, just disappearing out of a relationship. It, it's interesting that this is who we are so frequently. One of the primary reasons we attend worship each week is to present ourselves before God, to be accountable for the actions of the past week and to ask for his grace to live victoriously in the week ahead. But often, we pretend we don't need that help and we shy away from the accountability. We don't enjoy feeling badly about the choices we have made, so rather than apologize and accept responsibility for them, we hide or we run away or we disappear, throwing away relationships along the way with our opportunities for growth and maturity. That describes us some of the time, doesn't it? More of the time than we want to admit. You know, the book of Genesis has a classic story of no accountability. You're real familiar with the story. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. 
Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God, notice you don't really hide from God, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, classic story of no accountability. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, classic story of no accountability. The serpent deceived me and I ate it. I mean, the story's pretty clear, isn't it? Both Adam and Eve sin, and as soon as it happens, they feel differently. Their guilt and their shame begins to hinder them, destroys relationships. Previously, there were no barriers between themselves and God, and now they hide themselves from God. Previously, they enjoyed fellowship with God. Now they're not sure they want to see him. Why? They know they've messed up, and they don't either want to admit it or to deal with it. And so, let's just hide. Let's just hide. And when confronted, well, let's just make excuses. Let's rationalize. And as much as we are uncomfortable with this story, I mean, we have to face it. I mean, this really is our story, isn't it? I mean, this is our story. We do the wrong thing. We hide from it. We try to explain it away. We rationalize our behavior. We create space between ourselves and God, which is exactly why we must make a habit of presenting ourselves before the Lord every week in worship. We need to present ourselves before the Lord to establish our identity, just like Will Gardner did. We need to present ourselves before the Lord to be accountable for our actions, unlike Adam and Eve. And we need to present ourselves before the Lord to receive from him forgiveness, restoration, encouragement, enablement, direction, all these things that we receive as we worship him, as we present ourselves before him. You know the words of Hebrews 4, 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find help and grace in our time of need. If the author of scripture is telling us we need the mercy and grace, we can be sure that we do. You say, Pastor Dan, this is pretty basic stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty basic stuff. But I'm just wondering how many of us on a rainy Sunday morning, after a long week, as we're struggling to make the morning coffee, how many of us say to ourselves, you know, 
I have an obligation to present myself before the Lord today. I need to identify with him. I need to be accountable to him. I need to receive from him what I need in order to please him in the coming week. You know, we're much more likely to start rationalizing about why missing one Sunday won't matter all that much in the big scheme of things. We can go the following week. The weather isn't so nice outside. I'm feeling a little sluggish. I didn't get my orange juice this morning. And I guess this is the question I really am wondering about. For you, which muscles are more developed? Your accountability muscles or your rationalizing muscles? Which ones get more exercise? Are you anxious to be accountable because you know of the good things that will happen when you do? I mean, when we're accountable for God, before God, we receive the mercy and grace we need in our times of difficulty. But when we rationalize and don't approach his throne, why do we expect mercy and grace then? Because what we're saying when we don't present ourselves before the Lord is, I got this. I can handle this on my own. And I think God most likely says, try that. See how that works for you. Because the reality is we need his mercy and grace if we're going to please him. And so we have to present ourselves before him. Hmm. I know which of the two muscles is stronger on me. I start rationalizing the moment I do anything that is unwise. I do it subconsciously without even thinking about it. And I have to consistently say to myself, Whitney, stop it, make it right, fix it, take responsibility. Because most of us would really rather hide or make excuses or run away. But, but there's no freedom in that. There's no freedom in rationalizing. When you hide, you build walls between yourself and others. Walls that get thicker and higher over time. I mean, have you ever been invited to an event but didn't want to go because you knew who else was going to be there? Have you ever avoided a gathering so you didn't have to face someone to whom you owed a debt? Perhaps even just a debt of gratitude because you never really said thank you for something and you don't want to see them until you make that ride. And when we do the work to maintain relationships, when we offer apologies or take the time to show up, we break down the walls that divide us and we restore the freedom that was once ours. I've been talking so far as if the the only time in which we present ourselves before the Lord is weekly in the public worship service of the church. But you all know it's more than that, right? Presenting ourselves before the Lord is a daily exercise. Simply by acknowledging that we live in his presence moment by moment, we remind ourselves that we belong to him, that we are accountable to him. And this Showing up accountably, presenting ourselves for God is a primary act of worship. You know, sometimes we make excuses for why we're not willing to be accountable or to present ourselves before the Lord. 
Perhaps we, we blame our circumstances or we blame others. I would go to church if I had a ride or I would go to church if I didn't have to work on Saturday nights. I would go to church if my husband would help me get these 14 children ready to go to church. And, and we make ourselves into victims and rationalize why we can't do what God's calling us to do. This is a victim mentality that we sometimes slip into when we're rationalizing why we can't do what we know we should. If we pray for help, we can escape the victim mentality. Or sometimes we make villains of others and blame them for our choices. I would go to those church, but that, those people, they're just all hypocrites. Or, or you wouldn't even ask me to go to church if you knew what Sister Mabel said to me last Sunday. Or, and, and we just make a villain of someone else to justify ourselves for standing in opposition to them. Maybe we're just mad at God for something he allowed to happen in our life previously. We're not quite ready to forgive him. But if we will pray and ask the Father for help, the Holy Spirit will come alongside of us and deliver us from this need to make a villain of everyone we disagree with or has injured us. Sooner or later, we'll have to realize the people of the church are imperfect and some of them are downright foolish. But we go to present ourselves before God, not before the people of the church. And sooner or later, we will have to figure out that we're not going to understand everything that happens to us in this life. But in order to move forward, we will need the help and support of a loving Savior that we receive when we present ourselves before the Lord. You can play the victim card, you can play the, the villain card, you can play the I'm helpless to do anything else card. But if you're serious about living as a child of God in the kingdom of God, you have to stay connected to the vine, to the source of all of it, which means presenting yourself regularly before the Father to receive the mercy and grace that you need in your time of need. We don't have to play the victim card. We don't have to play the villain card. We don't have to play the I'm helpless card. We can embrace accountability. We can choose to rise above our circumstances by the help of the Holy Spirit. We can choose to deal with villains with forgiveness and compassion provided by the Holy Spirit. We can choose to invite the Spirit of God to help us when we're feeling helpless, remembering that in Him, we are more than conquerors through Christ who died for us and gave His life for us that we can live forever with Him. My charge to you this morning is not complicated. It's simple. Don't hide. Don't run away. Don't rationalize. Worship the Lord by presenting yourself before him weekly and daily. Receive from him the instruction he will provide through the Holy Spirit, whose primary objective is to do what? Guide us into all truth. Think about how extraordinary a gift like that is to us. We have a resource that promises to guide us into all truth, even when it's the truth we don't want to hear. When we talk about 
being convicted by the Holy Spirit, we're saying there's something in our life that was harmful to us and the Holy Spirit told us the truth about it. Put his finger on it and said, Daniel, that was wrong. Make that right. And you can say, oh, that's painful. Because none of us want to have our weaknesses, our infirmities, our outright sins pointed out to us. But unless they are, we can't do anything about them. And so just like a surgeon removing a cancer from us, the Holy Spirit comes and, and points out the stuff that has to be forgiven and forsaken in order to follow him. And that accountability... That accountability is the refiner's fire in our lives that purifies us and makes us more able to live as children of Christ, reflecting his glory to the world. And so accountability is a blessing to us. And we need to see it as such. And even if it feels sort of crummy to be told by the Spirit that's not right, understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit to be the ministry of a loving Father who comes alongside of us and wants what is best for us and knows what is best for us always and guides us into pathways that are best for us and for his kingdom, for those who are around us. If we will present ourselves before God, he will shape us, he will transform us, he will change us in ways that will be, well, what does the author of Romans say? Perfect and pleasing will of God, right? In ways that are even pleasing to us because he loves us so much. It's my challenge to you that you will present yourselves before the Lord weekly and daily, that this will be your act of worship, that you will offer yourself before the Lord weekly and daily, that together we can be used by God. I guess I would say one more thing. There are times, have been times in my life, where the family was headed somewhere and it was hard to rally all the family members into the car so that we could leave on time. You know, we have, we have options in moments like that. We can shout to the son who's still up in his bedroom getting ready, we're leaving in five seconds, you know? And then 10 minutes later, we have the option of deciding whether we really are gonna leave or we're gonna leave him up there, right? And we don't know what's happening up in the bedroom. But this, this presenting of ourselves before the Lord can't be solitary. Okay, I'm not going to leave for a trip to Pittsburgh and leave the kid up in the bedroom. I'm going to have to go get him, right? I'm going to have to ascend the stairs, link arms, drag him away from whatever he's doing and say, buddy, we're leaving now, come on. And, and there's something about that in our presenting ourselves before the Lord as well. Countless times in the Old Testament, you read of the story, King Asa, for example, from last Sunday, how he called all of Israel. He summoned everyone together and told them, you got to get yourselves here. And, and we need to do that in the church right now. We need to get the folks that are still up in the bedroom waiting to join us. We need to encourage them. You can't drag folks. You can't shame them 
into company. There's no point in arguing with anyone. And there are still some folks who really can't come to the physical gathering because they have health issues. We have to understand that. So, so we're gracious and we're kind and we're compassionate. But we want folks to know we want you here with us. We want you to have the opportunity to present yourself before the Lord with us together as a community because we are one. We are the body of Christ in unity together as one. So when you consider presenting yourself before the Lord, see if there isn't someone else you would like to gently nurture to join you as you present yourself for the Lord so that our worship can be full and complete. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're grateful that you summon us, that you call us into your presence. We're grateful that you promise to give us the mercy and grace we need in our, in our most desperate times when we approach you. And so we ask, Lord Jesus, would you help us to embrace accountability? Would you help us to understand your refining fire as a blessing to us? Would you transform us as we are in your presence that we might glorify you this day and always we pray, amen. Stand and sing with me. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified today in your church. In your church, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In your church, Lord, be glorified today in our town. In our town, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In our town, Lord, be glorified today. And now may the transforming grace of God be effective in your lives that you might shine like stars in the night to glorify him by the reflected radiance of his face. In Christ we pray, amen.